Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second before we get into this episode to remind you that the show is also available on YouTube. And starting from episode number 101, it's all in 4K. I'm trying to make the best video podcast I can, so definitely check it out and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Go to youtube.com slash at progressionspod or hit the link in the show notes. If you're not getting enough progressions and you want to get even more thoughts on creativity, productivity, and growth in music, then you should sign up for my newsletter. You'll find a brief article in each monthly edition as well as updates on progressions and myself. I'm also sharing some workflow hacks and links to stuff that I found interesting or helpful. So it should be fun. If you want to stay up to date on the latest and get all the bonus stuff, go to travisferencecom slash subscribe or click the link in the show notes. Hey, welcome to Progression, Success in the Music Industry. I'm your host, Travis Ferentz, and this is episode number 34. This week, our guest is a bit different. He's in an industry that is outside of music, and we won't regularly have non-music guests on the show, but whenever I come across someone that is doing or has done something that can bring value to you all, I definitely want to give them the spotlight. So, on to today's ramblings. Today, I wanted to talk about being productive versus making progress. These are two things that should go hand in hand, but they don't always work out that way. I consider myself a very productive person. I personally think my daily output of work is extremely high. I am biased though, but I will be the first to admit that I'm not always making the progress that I would like to be making despite all of that work. It's frustrating, and I'm sure we've all felt this way at some point. That lingering question of how can I work so long and so hard and still feel like I'm not getting anywhere? See, a lot of people focus on their total output, and they use that to judge how productive they are. Somehow, productivity has become tied to being busy. If you're constantly working, you must be productive, right? Wrong. And while we're on being busy, that definitely isn't going to make you progress either. In fact, being busy is so pointless that the term busy work is actually defined as work that keeps a person busy but has little value in itself. So while we have the dictionary out, let's check the definition of productivity. The effectiveness of productive effort as measured in terms of the rate of output per unit of input. Well, that doesn't sound like busy at all. Productivity sounds more like one hour worked for two hours of results, not one hour worked for one hour of results. So you being busy and constantly working is not necessarily making you more productive. Now, if you're constantly working for eight hours a day and getting 20 hours of work knocked out, now we're talking about productivity. But, huge but here, because we're talking about being productive versus making progress, we have to note that there's a difference between checking boxes and checking the box. See, a lot of this is actually about prioritization and vision, and not about total output. If productivity is about efficient output, then making progress is about the right output. To make progress towards your goal, you have to know what steps you need to take and prioritize working on those. If you aren't accomplishing at least one task towards your goal every day, you aren't making progress. Even if you crank out 40 hours worth of work in an eight-hour day, still, no progress made. Example time. If I mix five songs next week and I do recalls on three songs from the week before, I'd say I'm having a pretty productive week. But if my goal is to grow the podcast, which it is, and I spend all week crushing it, but I don't do a single thing to move the podcast forward, 
then I have made no progress, and hence, I am not really crushing it, now am I? So let's look at a fictional example on the opposite side of that. Let's say you're a writer, and your goal is to write a book. If you get up and you do nothing but write your book for two focused, uninterrupted hours every single day, and then you play video games for every other waking hour of the day, you'd be making more progress towards writing your book than I would be to grow my podcast. And you'd probably be beating quite a few games as well. Now, a quote, productive person might call this writer lazy. They only work two hours a day, the productive person would say. Well, what if I told you that those two uninterrupted hours of writing resulted in six hours worth of work being done? I'd say that writer all of a sudden sounds pretty productive as well. So here's my point. Yes, being productive is important, but it's more important to distinguish when you are being productive from when you are being busy. Being productive will allow you to do more work and will allow you to create time for yourself, but productivity alone is not going to make you progress. Only prioritization and vision will make you progress. You have to know what moves the needle for you and work towards it. If you don't do that, then you'll just be busy. Today's guest is a little different from our norm. While not directly involved in the music industry, his career path is very in line with the concepts of this show. Today, we're joined by Joseph Thompson, an executive coach working under the umbrella of Novus Global. Novus Global is an international coaching firm working with leaders at the forefront of business, athletics, entertainment, and government. Joseph has committed himself to leading others beyond high performance and encouraging them to build out the life and the career that they want. So welcome to the show, Joseph Thompson. Hey, Joseph. Hey, Travis. I'm excited to be here. Uh, it's been a long time. Finally, I get to ask you questions. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice to be on this side of it. Uh, people should know I, I worked with Joseph for uh, almost nine months, probably, right? Yeah, it was. I think it was, what, July till January? Yeah, yeah, it I was uh, about right. Yeah, yeah. So he was. Uh, you were instrumental in uh, getting this podcast out. You know, you helped me design the life that allowed me to have this podcast and my job and my personal life. So I'm, you know, I'm in in debt to you for sure. Well, so I appreciate uh, that. You've definitely paid that debt, but also <laughs> uh, it was it was really fun to to watch you wrestle with this, and then I think you know just. Uh, I, I remember listening to your first episode on my way through an airport when oddly I was actually flying in 2020 and I was just like smiling from ear to ear, just like a dummy walking through the airport. Cause I was like, look at him, look at, he did it. This is, and the audio quality is better than any other podcast I've ever listened to. So <laughs> there you go. Well, we, you know, a little bit of experience with audio over here on this yeah. side. So let's, let's jump into there's a term that Novus Global uses a lot that I think is a really interesting term because it sounds really exciting. The thing that they talk about is pushing for like meta performance. Can you talk about how you would describe that for listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll give a little bit of background as to, um, and this is kind of how we tee it up when we're in a training as well. But oftentimes in the executive coaching world, and you know, if you find yourself in corporate trainings, high-performing cultures, right? That, that's, a, that's a buzzword, high-performing cultures. Everybody kind of strives to be a high performer. And what, we, what the, the firm was seeing was that you had this culture of high performance, culture of high performers where you got like the best of the best, but a lot of the complaints were the same, where it was like, uh, we're overwhelmed, we don't have enough time, and also we're like simultaneously bored. And the question is like, well, what do you do if you're already the best? Like, what do you do if you're, if you've, you know, if you're Google, what do you do if you're Apple? What do you do if you're like, you're at the top? 
so the question came up, I was like, hey, what's beyond high performance? And uh, the idea of meta performance was, uh, was kind of birthed out of that. And so the meta performance approach or the meta performance mindset just simply asked the question with a little smile to it, right? Like a little cheekiness to it <laughs> of what are we capable of? I wonder what we're capable of. Here's my, uh, here's my favorite illustration of it. And I think we've, we talked about it once in a coaching session was, uh, this, this comes from the book of the art of possibility, uh, which I highly recommend. I can't remember which orchestra. So I'm going to just going to call it the, the Cincinnati symphony orchestra. And they, they set a goal as an organization to sell out their tickets, sell out their whole season. And they did, but they did it like halfway through the season. So they're like, well, what do we do next? What, like we did it. Should we just coast? Right. And so they just said they, they had this, this, they didn't call it meta performance, but this meta performance mindset where then they set a new bar and said, I wonder how many standing ovations we can get. Right. And so again, it's just this cheeky play at, I wonder what we're capable of. And so oftentimes in these conversations where I'm getting to know a client or I'm getting to know somebody for the first time and we're exploring whether or not coaching is, is something that they want to bring into their world, we'll get to that point of, yeah, those are all the things that you you currently imagine based on how you see the world from typically a high performance mindset. You've already been successful. You, you know, there's a reason that you're looking for coaching. And then you, you just kind of like, change the gear a little bit to ask, well, what do you think you're capable of? Like if, if, you know, failure wasn't an option or, Hey, if we're just dreaming for a moment and that's when people start to hesitate, that's when people start to, to balk a little bit. Cause they're like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Uh, I don't want to go there just yet. Right. I don't know if it's safe. And so that's a, that's a lot of fun. It's good. We get to play. That's where that cheekiness comes in to say, Hey man, like, wouldn't you love to fail at that? Right? Wouldn't you love to like aim for that, that? What you're capable of, even if you don't get there, it'll probably be way farther than you did if you just approach it with a high performance mindset. Amazing. That sums it up really well. And uh, you touched on one of the things that that I remember like kind of sucked me into to the coaching thing is is when somebody was like, "Well, you know, like what's what are you going for right now? Like, what's your big goal?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, okay. Well, this is what it is." And then they were like, okay, well, what's a hundred times past that? And you just, yeah. I sat there because I sat there for a minute trying to come up with, you know, what's the big goal? Yeah. I was so pleased with like my answer. And then when I was basically told to go like 10, a <laughs> hundred times past that, I was yeah. like, I have no clue. I have, I don't even yeah. know what's there. And so it's cool to push yourself and explore that. But I wanted to, before we go too deep into, you know, how you got to where you're, you are, mm -hmm. I wanted to just talk about the idea of coaching because I think that um, for me... I played sports in high school and middle school. Yeah. And this analogy, I think, really helps me understand why somebody would want a performance coach or a writing coach or, I mean, a music teacher is a coach, right? You just, you have an attached coach to that name. Mm -hmm. But um, we had a coach in high school. His name was Coach Kiritola. Love him. He's a great guy. But when you're a player, you're fully committed to whatever coach told you to do. I mean, if he said, we're going to come in early and lift weights, then you showed up. We're going to watch game tape at lunch. What period do you have lunch? You showed up and you watched game tape. It's like you did everything. And there's so much personal and obviously athletic growth that comes from that. Mm -hmm. And then people go out into the world and they go through college or they don't go through college and they don't have that drive anymore. And so to me, mm. like when you, when you make a parallel to 
you know, being out in the world on your own and not having anybody kind of like pushing you or driving you and compare that back to when you probably, I mean, basically everybody played a, one sport once. And so the concept yeah, of a coach right. is very attainable, I guess. But yeah, so I just wanted to lay that analogy out for people. I don't know if you have an opinion about that. Yeah, well, and um, a coach, and I think that you're right, like you can find that that role, that kind of the part on the stage throughout a lot of different kind of stages that you're on. But I always, I, I just see it as uh, the coach is designed to help you win. That's what being a coach is. They are um, there are people that are dedicated to you winning. You summed and, that up way better than I did with my with my rant. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I've had a lot more time to to think about. Hey, who who am I? And what do I do? And th this is the fun part: is that there are a lot of different ways to help you win. And so this is like uh, it's great that there are a bunch of coaches out there now um, who have different toolkits and have different approaches. And and you see there are a bunch of different coaches, even just in the NFL or. MLB, right. And like, they have different degrees of strategy and approaches and philosophies and, um, you know, go watch the last dance on Netflix and get to know Phil Jackson and his coaching ability and right on and on and on. And, you know, like we have in, at Novus Global, we have a very certain toolkit and way of approaching, helping you win. And, and a lot of it is by aiming beyond where you would take yourself anyway. Um, one of the things we'll say all the time is like, if you're not trying to do things that feel impossible, then like you're, the coaching relationship won't be great because mm. uh, like the coaching relationship really ought to have as a premise, like you don't think you can do this on your own or, or oftentimes was like, Hey, everybody, everybody has a next level, no matter who, who you are, but nobody gets there on their own. So if you think you can do it by yourself, if you just, you know, can come up with a strategy on your own, can solve the problem, think through it just with, just cause you have an hour to kind of like kick some ideas around. Um, that's probably not the best use of a coaching space. The coaching space should, should be create or not should, but as much as like what it, it can do, what it's designed to do is help you, at least the way that we approach it to help you go beyond what you think you're capable of. Right. Right. Is to explore things that you don't even you're like, I don't know the first step in that direction. I mean, like, great. Now we're on to something. Cause, cause there's this great tension between I have so much belief in you. Like, I think that you have all the solutions to all your problems. Um, you have all the questions and all the answers, like they're there available for you. And at the same time, I'm going to hold space for you where I don't buy any of your bullshit. Right. And it's like, both of those things have to be true. And that's that, like, like, hey, you are capable. You can solve all of your problems. What, what we're here to do in this hour, in this 45 minutes, is find the things that are uh, you don't even have an answer for. You don't even know which question to ask first because that starts to light people up. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, it's when you start, like you said, you start coming up with questions you never had or solutions that you, you never had. And it's like you said, if you're shooting for, I don't want to say the moon, that's so cheesy, but you know, <laughs> if, like if, if you're shooting to the moon, you can probably, you're going to make it to Europe. Maybe you're going to make it to Russia yeah, or whatever it is. Sure. Um, so now I have to live with the fact that I said shoot for the moon. But um, yeah, right? yeah, once you hit that and you see that pushing yourself as far as you possibly can is going to take you further than, than you were if you set your goals. Mm -hmm. And I think that's mm -hmm. the, the really interesting part about goals. And a lot of this podcast is, you know, 
based around goal setting and and you know trying to get people to break down their their goals to tasks but people need to design the best goals for themselves that will push them yeah well and and you know uh, this is the theme throughout your podcast right is you're looking for hey what were those like instrumental moments that like really were trajectory shifting right like and that's that is that's kind of what we're up to is like it's not just a slight deviation slight course correction it's like we want to change trajectory and part of that is just in in setting a new course we don't know the route there we just say in your world that you've uh, done such a great job at illustrating it's like hey when you said you know what i'm going to just start teaching people on discord or when i'm going to get in my car and i'm going to drive and i'm going to go play gigs right like now you've like narrowed the scope of where you're looking for solutions yeah right and this is what we talk about the vision like in the coaching space the three main parts are what's your vision it is like where do you want to go what do you where do you see yourself how do you imagine your richest and fullest and most thrilling life then there's mindset how are you relating to both your vision? How are you relating to where you currently are? How are you relating to the gap between them? And then strategy, which is, well, what are you going to do? What, what design are you going to test out? But we don't do anything without vision because vision helps us like narrow our scope. Where are we looking? We're not looking for, um, well, I just want to be happy, right? We're looking for this at the exclusion of all other things, Right. Yeah. And now you, where you're looking, you can see more clearly, you can see more sharply and more in focus because it has those blinders to it. Yeah. You need to know where you're steering the boat. I, yeah. I've brought yeah. that up on, on the podcast before. It's yeah. You can just do a bunch of things on a daily basis. And, and I am guilty of this and am still guilty of this. I have a lot of ideas. I do a lot of different things on a daily basis, but you, you have to step back and you have to be like, cool, these 14 things that I did today were just to check the box. And I did none of the things that take me to my vision. Sure. Despite yeah. the fact that I checked 14 boxes. Yeah. And so people really get mixed up with productivity that way sometimes because it really needs the vision. That's right. And you have to know the road. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and I don't know about that part either. Like this is, that's the fun is not knowing the road sometime as like creating the road as uh, trailblazing mm. it. Um, yeah. Is... Uh, backtracking being like that wasn't the road that road was taking me somewhere else um right <laughs> but i'm still committed to this you know this this destination this address in the gps and you know all right yeah maybe it took me down the scenic path but if you're committed to arriving you get there yeah so i want to ask a couple questions about you and your your career yeah so you made a shift from working in education into this coaching field, what sparked your interest? What made you want to make that change? Yeah. Um, so I was, I'll, I'll even go back a little bit further. One of the, the interesting stories I tell about myself is, is about me as a leader and how uh, uh, growing up in youth groups or in Boy Scouts or just in my neighborhood, I even remember like, oh, wow, I was the president of the Spanish club in high school, that's, it's just, I realized I was a leader growing up, um, senior patrol leader, patrol leader, uh, youth group leader on and on and on. And so, and then college hit and I just kind of like did what was around me. 
I was participating, but even then, you know, like I was uh, chosen to be class speaker, but, but it was all very unintentional. There was no conscious effort of resume building of like putting myself in these positions for any purpose. It was just like, I found myself in uh, near the head of the pack or near the, the, near the spearhead. Right. So when I um, started my career as a teacher, you know, I like I started a baseball team at our little private school. I then ventured off and I did this interesting program uh, with one family. It was like a micro school unschooling program. Um, even then it was entrepreneurial. And I, I, I continued to call myself like non-entrepreneurial. I was like, nope, nope, I'm not a business person at all. But there I was. And then I found uh, a really amazing school called Fusion Academy. And I, I loved the model so much. I loved the what I got to do in a one-to-one classroom. And it was the most rewarding teaching experience. And like my creativity just went bonkers. Like I was just teaching like 12 hours a day and then driving home in a long commute in LA traffic, both there and back, right? And then... And I got up the next day and I was just like thinking about like, okay, what am I going to do in class today? And not out of a, like out of joy, out of like real energy. And it was working. Like it was, uh, I was having great success with students and great success among it on our campus. It was really, uh, things were working. So I was like, what's going on? Like what's going on in me? And so there was New Year's Eve, I think 2015. I think so. No, I don't remember. But my wife and I were, we were like, okay, what are the resolutions? And I was like, I think, I think I used to be a leader. <laughs> and <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to try to do that again. Like that's, those are the words that came out of my mouth. I'm going to try to be a leader again. And in the next two months, I uh, got a promotion and I became a, basically like an academic dean. And then from there, that was when I encountered uh, coaching for the first time. And so as a part of a leadership development program that was uh, so graciously offered to me, I got a year's worth of group coaching from our our CEO at Novus Global, Jason Jaggard. He had just started the firm and it changed my life. And it didn't, it didn't change it in dramatic ways in terms of I was a mess and, you know, like all of a sudden my life could turn out. No, not at all. Like, but not that kind of drama, but personally very dramatic to the point where it, it like went, it was like going from being blind to seeing uh, because I had new ways to see. I had new language to, to expand my world rather than close it down. And so being able to take control of my experience just by how I describe my experience to myself was just a game changer. So using different phrases, different language radically changed my world. And uh, I started just applying it everywhere and probably not elegantly either. And I probably turned some people off uh, to coaching um, just because (laughs) I was so enthusiastic about what I was receiving and the change I was undergoing. Um, I did did, uh, really seek to grow in how I applied it as a leader. How can I use these transformational frameworks to help the people that the the teachers that I was hiring and training uh, that I was, you know, giving feedback to and saying, Hey, here are the things that you're frustrated about, or here are things you're complaining about, or here are things that 
you, you know, you're stuck because this student is challenging you and like, hey, let's look at it with new eyes using different language, language that puts you at the center rather than having things done to you or happening to you. And that really shifted a lot in my leadership. So then when uh, I was able to, I was given the opportunity to lead my own campus here in the Houston, Texas area, uh, we took it. And that was in 2016, really just kind of continued applying these coaching frameworks and looking for ways to grow as a coach, specifically in leadership. And then at the beginning of 2020, I uh, really saw that the, the kind of the driving and motivating career goal for me was to do this full time and to do this with adults. Uh, it was uh, in, in kind of broader and, and in leadership settings, thinking about there's a tremendous amount of impact you can have in schools, no doubt. But there's a, a whole wide world of work that can be impacted by leaders that change their mindsets and decide to change their cultures to bring about like more human flourishing there. And so that was that was really the goal. And so uh, yeah, so September of 2020, I did the, I transitioned to doing this full time after doing it a little bit part time, and um, it's really just been kind of like a rocket ship since then. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. So there you go. There's the story. That's great. That's good. If you're enjoying this episode, then please consider pulling your phone out, tapping that share button and sending this to one person that you think would enjoy it. Obviously, it would be huge for me, but it could be even more game changing for that person. You just never know what can inspire or help someone else out. I want to take a second to tell you about Secret Sonics, a podcast by Ben Wallach and Carl Bonner. Secret Sonics is one of my favorite shows, and it's now double amazing with the addition of Carl Bonner as a co-host. Ben and Carl have teamed up to discuss the real-world trials and triumphs of music production. They cover it all from mixing and studio tricks to branding and mindsets. If you're a fan of progressions, you'll be a fan of Secret Sonics. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts or hit the link in the show notes. I wanted to go back to uh, to your language comment yeah. because that's something that, that I really took away from working with you. And I've since then, I've noticed it in a few books and a few articles and particularly, I think the easiest way to describe to somebody is is the phrase, I have to versus I get to. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you say like, I have to go to the gym. I have to mix this song. I have to. I have to pick up my and kids. I, I have, have to pick up my kids. I have to, yeah. I have to go to work on, you know, Easter Monday, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. And uh, just flipping it, and you would always interrupt me whenever whenever we had our meetings, and, and I used one of the phrases that you had a better flip of, and flipping I have to, I get to, it's like, I mean, it may, in, when picking up your kids from school, I get to pick my kids up from school. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously, that's a plus. I get to mix a song. Yeah. I get to work out. I think that one still applies. One, one, yeah. Once, you, yeah. once you get yeah. used to it, you like the gym. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that that's a hugely powerful thing just because you're, you end up a little happier on the other side of it, Absolutely. you know, and it's just little things. Yeah. We, we, uh, in our trainings, we, we have this, this broken down to disempowered stance versus empowered stance. Um, and nobody likes to be called like disempowered, by the way. Like if I were to be like, Hey, Travis, you're being really disempowered right now. Like, like <laughs> your natural instinct would probably be defense or fear or shame and so then your response will come out of that place, right? Whereas like, hey, like, what do you notice about your language? Do you hear like that it's, it's, it sounds disempowered? 
right? Uh, is a way for us to, to just invite you to notice what's going on in you that you can start to study it. And so it's, it's not, it's not saying like one is like morally better than the other. The invitation is like, Hey, there might be a lot more resource from an empowered stance. Um, and, and ultimately that's a lot of what the coaching is, is like, there's this gym that we know. And when you go in and use this equipment, you kind of end up like growing specific sets of muscles and results show that people are like, get more done in less time and are happier. This is one of the pieces of equipment. It's like, yeah, I'm not there to say, don't be disempowered. I just want to invite you to know like, Hey, it might be more resourceful to you to, to practice this way. So yeah. So, uh, so we have our disempowered kind of stems or, or statements like I should, I need to, I have to, if only I can't, right. Those, yeah. those tell us that the world is occurring to us in a disempowered way, or that specifically you're occurring to yourself as a, as disempowered. And then you just, even just a simple thing, like, Hey, just say that in a, in a different way, use a different, use an empowered phrase, right? Like, uh, I choose to pick up my children from school. I choose to go to the gym. Right. Yeah. And now like you can kind of still have the other resistance that you might have where you're like, you're not relishing certain things or, you, but all like, at least you're the one doing it and it's not being done to you. Right. Yeah. Um, and that just that subtle shift, right. And saying like, I am in charge of my actions. I'm in charge of my choices. I'm in charge of what the world will mean to me, what the events in my life will mean to me. Um, that was, a, that was the thing that really like changed the game for me. Yeah. Well, you're, you're putting on this kind of inadvertent, this, this layer of accountability. Mm. You're choosing to view everything from a positive light because you're taking that action. That action's not happening to you, right? Like, like you said, you're, you're flipping it to say that I'm making the choices in my life. The things around me aren't happening to me. And at that point, you have to be accountable because you're making the choices. There's no excuse at that point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's not to say that things aren't happening, right? I mean, and even things that you don't want to happen. It's just saying, I am in control uh, what I will make this mean. Mm. Yeah. Right. And so when I say ah, I have to, I have to go into work on Easter Monday, I'm already making it mean that it's an inconvenience that I, I wish I wasn't. I, whereas like, I get to go to work. I get to earn money to raise my family or to, to help my family, you know, uh, thrive. I get to offer this as a sacrifice for something. I get to see colleagues, you know, that I do enjoy, right? Like now you're like, you're creating meaning for yourself that it's, it's almost like in rock climbing, like you're setting you know, your anchor points so that when you get there, right, you're like, great, I have a safe place to land where it's not going to be, I'm not just going to be kind of left loose in, in my negativity because, well, you know, frankly, I just want this to suck, right? You're like, <laughs> great, you create ways in which it doesn't suck. Um, and, and even, and again, like, I don't think that's like the right way. What I know is that it is just so much better to experience, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, and, and I might, I, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not the same as, as other people in this, but like, uh, I like it when I like my days, <laughs> like, 
<laughs> that's it. And so even on yeah. that level alone, uh, my coach recently was like, yeah, well, like, why do you, why do you want a routine in your life? Why do you want this? I'm like, cause I just like it better. Right. Like I'm more yeah. me. I'm not yeah. Alexander in the horrible, no good, very bad day. Right. Like it, it's just, it's almost like simply more pleasant to do it that way. Plus then there's this, there's this other fun thing of like, Oh, my creativity is more accessible to me. My like, generosity is more accessible to me. My just like free sense of play and joy and like dancing is more available to me. That's interesting. Whereas like none of those things, uh, they're, they take effort when I'm choosing disempowered stances. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I've found that since I've kind of reorganized my thought process and, you know, tried different types of structure and, and whatever it is, I find that I am way more creative. Mm. Maybe, maybe part of it is, is that I have the podcast outlet and that I'm, I'm constantly writing something for the podcast or thinking of something for the podcast. So maybe I'm, I'm just stretching that muscle, but I really do think that all those things go together. And if you're a musician, there's, got to be at least one musician listening to this music <laughs> podcast. If you're a musician and uh, and you're stuck in like a writing rut and you're focused on the negativity of, you know, you're bummed that you have to go to your job and that you don't have time for your music career. And like, if there's all those little layers of negativity, you are not going to be creative. If you can yeah. just start flipping those into a positive sense, one at a time, they'll build up on each other and your day won't be bad. Like you said, a good day is a, is a better day than a bad day. Yeah, that's, that's, why, why, that's it. <laughs> why would you not want to have a good day? Yeah, can uh, can I invite you to share just a little bit about like uh, one of your kind of a chronic complaint that would torpedo your creativity uh, was like the industry is like this. Um, I, I think that there's a, let me think about it for a second before I start. There's an image of what people think the music industry is and how it works mm -hmm. and how you flow through it. And when, you, when you're on that path that you think is the right path, you run into one little bump and then another little bump. And the things that you really firmly believe are the way are not working, you're still rationalizing that to yourself mm. because it's the way everybody told you like, this is the way your career goes. Yeah. And then when it doesn't go that way, then you're on to, uh, I must be a failure. Yeah. You know? Yep. And, yep. and then you're on the negative spiral. Yeah. So yeah. And so when, if, that's, when, if that's what you were getting at. Well, but. yeah. And no, it, it, exactly. <laughs> like that, that's that default, right. Of like, of saying there's nothing I can do to change the industry, right? Or there's like, right. if only the industry worked differently, then maybe I would get X, Y, Z. And like, well, you look for, um, you, you look for things that reinforce your, your beliefs. Would you say reinforce your limiting beliefs or, or yeah, something yeah. like that? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when you don't get a, your record deal or you don't get a gig or whatever it is, you're immediately looking at the things that happened that reinforce what you already know. Yeah. Which is that you didn't get that record deal yeah. or you didn't get that job. Yeah. And those are the things that you take away. The human brain is built for efficiency and not accuracy. Right. And it, it distorts and it deletes and it generalizes usually for the sake of 
confirming what we already believe. Yes. Rather than like, I think everybody would like to think we like gather evidence and then make our conclusions. Like, how do you, I mean, it goes back to what we said earlier. It's like, how do you know what to look for? Well, you have an idea already. <laughs> you have a belief, you have a thought, <laughs> right? And then you go looking for, do I think this is true? Or do I, can I confirm that this is true rather? And so, you know, this is oftentimes one of the things we'll, we'll do in the coaching space is like kind of let somebody ramble on and like story tell about themselves about all the reasons they can't and then just ask them like great do you want to go prove yourself right that you can't do it that the car just acted against you that and there's like what what are you talking about right <laughs> like no i don't want to prove myself <laughs> right and like okay great would well, do you want to start working on proving yourself wrong then and sometimes that works sometimes it doesn't yeah so if there's anybody listening that is interested in this idea is there is there like a gateway into coaching if you're kind of like what is this thing is there i don't know like a ted talk or a book or like a blog is there anything that kind of like lets you dip your toe in if this sounds like something that might be helpful to you absolutely there are a couple of things that come to mind before even the practical steps of like talking to a coach right so the first thing that i would recommend is getting really uh sober and and clear-eyed that like what you are looking for is a relationship. Like one, it's just human to human. So by default, it's a relationship. Then you say, great, what are the terms of the relationship? What, what do I want out of the relationship? What is going to be the give and take of the relationship? Those are really useful questions. And I think just that's like good for any human to human interaction, I think. <laughs> um, so, so just be like, oh, hey, I'm in a relationship with the bus driver. What do I want that relationship to be? What like that could be a really useful thing for that is just getting sober and clear-eyed that we're in relationships all the time. And I, I encourage people when I'm having like exploratory conversations, I'm like, treat this almost like you're going to Home Depot and you're like testing out tools. You're trying to build something in your life, and a, a coach is a very specific tool to help you build that thing. And you want to just like kind of kick the tires a little bit and give it a test run and, and see if like, yeah, this is good. And like, you're, you're also going to be checking, you know, like price and value and not like, that's great. But there, there it's so, it's so funny. Cause I just said, Oh, it's a great human relationship and treat it like that. And then I was like, treat it like an object. <laughs> um, and then both things are kind of true, I think, but having a little bit of, this is what I'm up to in the world some clarity there before you go shopping for a tool, right? Because then you're like, oh, I, I have some idea for what I could use this tool for. And that doesn't mean that, that coaches can't help when you're like, I don't know, I don't have any idea what's going on. It's just, I think most people actually know what they're up to and they, they just simply don't give themselves as much time to reflect on it. Okay, so then on the opposite side of that, mm -hmm. if somebody's still listening and this really does not like hit home with them. Although if they're still listening, I don't think that could be possible. <laughs> but if you could just give one piece of advice to somebody that wants to continue on their life, you know, doing their thing and trying to meet their dreams, what, if you could only pick one, what do you think is the one thing that holds most people back from chasing and achieving their dreams? Yeah. That's um, a tough one, sorry. No, that's great. I think this is the one so I might interrupt myself 
as, as more <laughs> thoughts come. But I think that it is, is and, and it relates back to, to actually my time in education. And you kind of saw this differentiator. This is mostly anecdotal, so I, I can't really back it up at all. That's my only disclaimer. But you can really sense the difference between people who are committed to taking ownership in their life and people that are committed to, again, life happening to them, right? People that are looking for ways to stay in the driver's seat of, of, their, uh, of their life uh, versus people who are kind of just passengers and being taken for a ride by their emotions, by their reactions, by the things that are happening around them. And so I, I would say like one of the biggest game changers that I would invite in is like, where am I abdicating my power in my language, in my relationships? And actually it would really be like, look, look for it in your language. You'll find it in the language when you're saying things like they made me so mad or the news makes me crazy, right? Like all of that, just listen for that abdication, you know, like it, like oh nobody can make you do anything and it's exposing to flip that to be like i'm choosing to be crazy about this right nobody wants to say that out loud because because whether or not they think it's true it's it's just it's exposing right um but, but yeah. that vulnerability really is a big part of it and that is so much of what the coaching space is for is is to be able to see that thing that thing that you might try and might be trying to hide or avoid and that might be getting in your own way and just look at it right in a space it's like yeah okay i don't have any judgment about it do you want to do something about it though would you like to believe something else what would that look like to change your language change your ownership change how you show up in the world uh and that is that uh people i i think people who who adopt that simple principle and just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy, but that simple principle, uh, they're the ones who they show up at parties, they show up at reunions or show up to family and people are at work even. And people are like, there's something different about you. Um, and people are pleased by it is because they go from kind of holding the world in a closed and tight fist, wanting to be right about all of it to like this openness and a real dedication to themselves first, right? And saying like, the, the thing I'm going to work on isn't out there, right? But it's in here. So that's what I would say, yeah. That's great. No, that's, that's so good. This has been awesome. I got one last question that I close every show with. Yeah. So you, you might know it's coming. For you right now, what is your current biggest goal and what is the next smallest step you're going to take to go towards it? Yeah. Uh, I, th I was thinking about this. So uh, at the risk of, uh, well, no, not even at the risk, but uh, to, to live up to the own, my own standard that I set out. So um, there's a, uh, there's a person and actually I'm really excited now that I'm taking this risk. Uh, what feels vulnerable to me is like, Oh, there's a, there's a great way to, to use that. Um, there's an amazing uh, leader. Her name is Chloe Valdari. She started this anti-racism training called Theory of Enchantment that I 
love so much. I think it hits all the briefs and, uh, and I think it's so powerful and I want her to win so badly. I want her to just like take over all the airways and I would love to work with her. Uh, I've already reached out to her. I've already gotten to know from her. Totally fine. So my, my next small step is, uh, is uh, really just to promote her work. And so the, the concrete step is to, to share some of her uh, talks on my personal Instagram page as well. So that's my, my big goal is, uh, and, and please check out her work, theoryofenchantment.com. She is dropping some hot wisdom. It's great. Amazing. Well, I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, dude, this has been, it's been so much fun. Do you want to tell anybody where they can find you or Novus if they want to chat? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, my website is josephathompson.com. Uh, and then you can find our whole team at novus.global. Um, and then if you want to reach out to me directly, it's josephthompson at novus.global. Amazing. Well, it's so good to see you again, man. This has been great. Yeah, I, I'm really honored. Uh, not only honored to be a guest, but just really just proud and impressed at, at what you've turned this into. And thank you so much for having me. So that's it for episode 34. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed leaving the music world for an episode. Uh, if you've been enjoying the show, please take the time to follow us on socials. We're under Progressions Pod everywhere on the internet. Also, if you feel inclined to leave a review on the show, I'd greatly appreciate it. And finally, don't forget to join us over at completeproducer.net. There are so many great conversations going on over there. So I'll see you next week.